0: It's what Illinois needs. It's what they deserve. Well, I'm going to talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your
1: blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is, this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dang Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not
2: ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give
1: me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes.
3: Hello and welcome to debate this the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong in this show. We take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how today I woke up and it was allergic outside. I'm sorry for these sniffles. I will be too lazy to cut out later. Yeah, true. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. All on the same page. That tracks. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's it's June. Today <laughs> was the
3: day that I like could see the pollen in the air float by me. I was like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. bummer. It's that time of year. Yeah. Anyway, those shadowy execs to whom DT exclamation point HQ is bound by cursed contract sure seem to have taken a liking to visual media lately. (laughs) While it seems a strange choice to focus an audio podcast on visual media, we are the nerds who have released episodes about the Muppets, MTV's Cribs, the rock movies, and televised dog shows in the last six months. So, hey, who are we to judge?
1: I mean, for what it's worth, our format is basically do reality shows but video games. Like, that's... Yeah. If you boiled down our show to its prime components, that's what it is. <laughs> it, it isn't not. Yeah. We did a dang Forged in Fire, Matt.
3: Yeah. We did, but that wasn't in the last six months. No, I know. I know. Well, friends, the execs have called again, and this time they want us to create a primetime 90-minute docu special. Unlike any that has ever been produced, they want us to mash up a few concepts and then wrap it in a comic skin. So certainly nothing out of the ordinary for us. So what we do every week? Yep.
1: <laughs> Run yeah. This play again.
3: Uh, uh, with that in mind, please nestle your mind space firmly in the middle of a Venn diagram composed of A and E's intervention, celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew and vh1's behind the music are you there are you there with me in the venn diagram in the yeah in is your the mind space are you in the mind
1: space i've not actually seen any of these three shows but i feel like (laughs) i get the gist yeah So sure let's do it yeah i saw uh dewey cox the dewey cox movie is that is that anything oh
0: yep
3: is
1: that Walk Hard, that one? Yeah, yep. Walk Johnson Hard. Riley?
3: Okay. It's basically yeah. the
1: same thing, right? It's, That's like, basically VH1's
3: is. behind the music, but, <laughs> yeah, but not. On there. All right. Well, this week, I would like you to tell me which comic book villain deserves a Road to Recovery TV special. To bring this wild concept to life, I've enlisted the help of reality show Redux experts, Todd, Flavor of Love, Thomas andrew rock of love henderson and kyle for the love of ray j harper oh i forgot about that
0: last one (laughs) yeah i know me too
2: that's just what ray j wants you to do
3: (laughs) now the nerds in r d are getting a little strung out on rehashing reality like they're an ethereal goo extracted from natalie portman so i sent a spotlight into the night sky to call forth justin i love new york jordan Known on TikTok as freddy's roommate and co-host of the new podcast Screen Studies, Justin, welcome to the show.
4: Oh my gosh, it, I'm finally here, guys! <laughs> you know, that if you pay like a million dollars on Patreon, you get to be a, like a guest on the show. Like it's true, it's
0: true. We don't talk about that tier very often.
1: It's but the yeah. hidden tier.
4: Yeah, the hidden tier. Yep.
3: Yeah, it's like the secret burritos at Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> they secret
4: burritos at taco bell
1: we've said yeah, too much yeah man gotta get that app quesarito and a burrito
4: burrito dia burrita Ooh, no dia. that's a recipe that's a bad recipe no thank oh, you that's what you have wow. after
2: you
1: have
0: too many burritos
2: i got yeah. heartburn just listening to that <laughs> sounds
3: like the name of a pixar short
1: yeah you gotta say it like burrito dia B-
3: burrito dia <laughs> is that the new guy fietti concept burrito <laughs> dia from guy fietti <laughs> pretty much Okay, hey, Justin, long-time listener, long-time friend of all of us. Welcome to the show. Tell the people who you are.
4: Hi, thank you guys so much for inviting me. Um, My name is Justin, also known wherever toys are sold, at Freddy's Roommate. Um, yeah and I just started a new podcast called Screen Studies it's all about how our culture affects the things that we see on the screen and how the things on our screen affect our culture and I think it's really cool but if you're not into that that's cool if you're into lightsaber transitions then you should definitely follow me on TikTok or any other nerdy <laughs> things i have a good time over there
1: Justin would you would you be so kind give us a, a quick taste of the show what's what's kind of the like uh, give
4: us an example of what you're talking about yeah okay so our first episode was all about Pam and Tommy the show
1: Okay. and nice.
4: how oh. us as like millennials and a little bit of Gen X mm-hmm. are obsessed with these types of stories that we glob on to stories that have nothing to do with it like sure. why is the social network so popular with our generation that we keep trying to create it with things like uh, <laughs> We Crashed and uh, what was the other one? Yeah um, with uh a girl with the big eyes blonde. the
2: um the one about the the, the juice Th- yeah oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
4: yeah
1: i don't remember that yeah show. but we
4: keep trying to create it it's so weird yeah and the fact that we try to recreate it on have you guys seen pam and tommy yes uh,
1: no i haven't no you saw yes. that?
4: yeah the fact that it starts with seth rogan trying to change the world and ends up failing and changing it for the worse, and how that story is synonymous with our generation hmm. is so fascinating to me i don't know why we love it so much but yeah that's like a little bit of our podcast about how the Very culture cool. affects what we see on the screen i thought it was pretty interesting yeah we just released really a harry potter episode Ooh, it was Ooh. a doozy oh uh, well, i bet <laughs> yeah but yeah, the, they're, they're nice a real sweet. millennial
1: swan song there
4: yeah, so nice and sweet 20 to 30 minutes each episode. It's like a lunchtime podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Nice. nice. yeah, Very cool.
3: Well, thank you for coming, and I am glad that you are here to answer this dumb question. And I want to jump right into the first part of it. So the first part of solving a problem is admitting that you have one. And my problem is that I don't know the background of any of these casting options. Can you tell me a little bit about the villain you're presenting today? What comic are they from? What sort of villainy things have they done? Who were they before they broke bad? Look, we're gonna front load this thing with at least 20 minutes of B-roll and interview footage. Give us the backstory. Todd, we'll start with you.
0: Matt, there are a lot of villains that I think are in need of this recovery treatment, but not a single one of them is more deserving than the villain known as Alexei Sistevich himself, aka famous Spider-Man foe, the Rhino. So everyone knows the Rhino.
1: Um, it's Paul and, Giamatti.
0: It's the uh, we, so we we made it. We made it two minutes in without referencing <laughs> Paul Giamatti. So we're not talking about Paul Giamatti, but yes, that is the character. So the Rhino first showed up in the mid '60s in Spider-Man 41. Alexei was. You guessed it, a Russian thief who's convinced by some Russian spies and scientists to undergo dangerous science, as you do. Why did you say it like that?
1: I mean, <laughs> you were, I think you're getting at it was like that's the that's the the backstory for every Spider-Man villain.
0: Yeah, there's there's everything is always like a criminal, dangerous yeah. science, and then okay. Russian choose one. He of wanted those. us to say it with
2: yeah. him, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't prompt us, he so we missed us the
1: script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually, also their turn to criminality or cr- the criminal underworld is kind of like a coin flip. It's just like I'm gonna do crimes now. <laughs> Today I'll do crimes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's the whole like Russian bad guys, thief, sketchy science. Choose two. That's your that's your villain. So he went under this this dangerous science to become incredibly strong. And then they also fused a giant rhinoceros suit to him. What? <laughs> because things were just like sillier in the 60s. Uh, the actual reason is that they made him super strong and, and unstoppable. And they're like, kind of like a rhino, right? Let's put him in a rhino suit, guys. <laughs> Let's put a big dumb horn on his head. Yeah, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. He turned to crime because he wanted to feed his family, Matt. That was the whole reason. He just wanted to feed his family. Whoa. It's all Alexi wanted. And so he had then been... Convinced to try and kidnap John Jameson, which is J. Jonah Jameson's son. Really? He got Yeah, that's the whole thing, because <laughs> why wouldn't he name his son John? Of course. John Jacob Jameson. John, John <laughs> yeah. Jacob. It's Jingleheimer. Yeah. That's what it is. Jingleheimer <laughs> uh, Jameson. Anyway, so he turned to crime just to feed his family, Matt. That's all he wanted to do, and he just got in too deep. And so fast forward a few years of criming. Spider-Man actually used some Doc Connor science to melt the suit right off of Rhino. And Rhino actually like went to prison. He reformed. He tried to turn his life around, but when he got out, he lived the life that many reformed criminals do. And he couldn't get a job. He couldn't do anything. And he turned back to crime. And wouldn't you know it, Matt? He turned back to sketchy science again. Uh oh. He put on a new outfit with uh, a- an acid-proof suit and and more powers. And he went back to criming, but but twice as strong. And here's the thing. So later on, like the Rhino became this big. Uh, hulk villain and and he started getting manipulated by the leader which is a big hulk bad guy just manipulating him controlling him more and more and again this whole time he's just trying to make a living he couldn't get hired back in the system after having a criminal record and he was just turning to crime
1: I'm sorry, are you using Hulk as a verb or a noun? Like, is he a big hulking bad guy or is he a bad guy of... A bad guy of, 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 a bad the, guy
3: Hulk? of, of the Hulk. The, the okay. Oh, okay. Hulk. <laughs> I wasn't tracking, <laughs> yeah. but now I am. I didn't realize that I had that question until you asked it, but I...
1: Yeah. <laughs> Please continue.
0: So later on, like, he was manipulated by the Kingpin. He's always just been manipulated by these other people. The Kingpin actually said, like, hey, I'm going to remove the suit and you can just go back to living a normal life. And he's like... Yeah, I'd really like that. But then he found out that the Kingpin was going to double cross him. And so he threatened the scientists that were going to remove his suit. They ultimately removed his suit. He was left with nothing again, with no purpose, no ability to do anything. Matt, Rhino's a victim. Anyway, after that, he, he ended up working with Justin Hammer to get a mechanical removable suit because he had to get back in the suit. He had no purpose without being in the suit. And and he's been this anti-hero. He's worked with Spider-Man. He's worked with Captain America. He only does these evil deeds now because criminals murdered his wife, Matt. He wanted to feed his family. He got in too deep, couldn't get out. This is a broken man. A broken man living in a massive mechanical rhino suit. And I can't think of anyone who deserves a better you know, redemption arc than him.
1: Feels like he just kept doing crimes and kept paying (laughs) for those crimes.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. Do I need to talk more about how he's a victim of the system, Andrew? He couldn't get a good paying
3: job. Right. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, okay. So let's be very clear that this is a satirical comedy podcast of dumb that we do. And I don't want to say anything about I don't want to come off as victim-blamey in any way. And also, you know, I, I get that he's the victim of the system. I, I very much understand that. Inside of the bit that we're doing here today, yeah, he kind of turned to sketchy science on his own a couple of times. <laughs> More than twice. Okay. All right. There is, I
0: guess, but in these flashback scenes, it's a lot of like him sitting mm-hmm. him sitting in like a, a chair in his living room, you know, just sad, or like there's a pile a comically sized pile of bills that just say do, and he's he just he,
3: he went back to sketchy science all right. well, you've really built it out for me. I see what you're going for. I understand the angle, so I'm
1: ready to move on, Andrew. What villain have you brought today? Sure. Well, today, Matt, I'm going to talk about everyone's favorite pit-dwelling, football field-bombing anarchist, Lucha (laughs) Libre himself, Bane. Okay. All right. Now, first introduced in 1993's Batman Vengeance of Bane, Bane was introduced as the titular character, and he was kind of built and always has been this, like, dark mirror to Batman. And I think it's interesting. I actually didn't know this about Bane, but Bane is pretty much, like... Just like Batman, save for his origin story. So you have like Bat Joker is like Batman's foil. Bane is Batman's shadow. So Bane was born in a prison instead. Of, so instead of growing up in an empty mansion having been an orphan bane was born inside the walls of the pena duro maximum security prison within the fictional central american county of santa prisca i'm not sure if that prison was an actual pit i do not believe it was a pit i believe that was a an interpret a dramatic interpretation in the movie
2: the pit i believe was entirely created by christopher and jonathan nolan
1: yes It, it was it was one big not so subtle subtext uh, now, what, for for whatever reason, Bane was sentenced. This is canon. Bane was sentenced to serve his his ex- estranged father's life sentence. You know how they serve they sentence babies to life sentences in prison. Yes. So at an early age, <laughs> Bane <laughs> trained himself both mentally and physically to not only survive the prison, but to actually come out to eventually be the self appointed king of Penyarduro. Now, what's interesting is, do you guys know that Bane is considered to be like one of the smartest supervillains?
2: Really? What? I did know that. Yes. No.
1: Yeah, apparently his whole thing is that he read books in prison, and he's a super genius. Okay,
3: I thought that you were just gonna say that like his whole thing was he read books, which would have been a very yeah. like nineteen sixties. This kind is, of is a villain who reads.
1: <laughs> his thing is he kind of it kind of just because he reads books. Like in his superpowers, it's like super genius. Like he's huh. he's in the comics, like he's a very smart person, which makes the the. Uh, the Schumacher movie even less relevant because Bane is just a monster that just says Bane bomb. <laughs> he says more than Bane bomb. <laughs> mm, not, not much more. complicated character. Not in that movie. Have you seen Batman and Robin? Nothing is complicated. Oh, about that oh movie. sorry, I was thinking the later one. Continue. No, I'm not talking about Dark Knight Rises. So, following his first prison murder at the ripe age of eight, Bane stood out as a choice candidate for some, stay with me, shady dark science. Uh, (laughs) The (laughs) power of friendship? (laughs) Power of friendship. Uh, It's the opposite of the power of friendship, actually. Uh, Where he was forcibly injected with an experimental drug called Venom that, upon nearly killing him, it ended up enhancing his physical attributes to superhuman levels. So, a tweenager Bane would then go on to establish himself Forcibly as the self-proclaimed King of Peña Duro, uh, until he eventually escaped in his early adult life. So following his escape from prison, Bane made his way to Gotham and then fixated on its shadowy defender, the Batman. Believing Batman to be the demonic bat who was haunting his dreams as a child. Whoa. Yeah, Bane set up off, off, off his plan to and this is where Dark Knight Rises actually follows pretty close. So Bane literally busts through the walls of Arkham and releases all of the the bad guys, all of the Rogues Gallery, including Joker. And then this kind of sets in place where Batman has to like one by one. Get the band back together, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and uh, so. And we see, like, after a three-month stint of Ma- Batman, just like marathoning crime fighting, Bane uh, corners him in the Batcave, and they have a punch fight. And this is the iconic scene where Bane breaks Batman's back and like has him like kind of slung over his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this in this arc, Bruce Wayne was actually. Um, temporarily like paraplegic for a while and another guy had to take over as batman a man named jean paul valley who would run run the streets as batman for a while so yeah that's that's bane really interesting i learned a lot about bane today that i didn't know yeah bane's cool bane's a cool bane's backstory. a cool ass character yeah yeah huh. all right
2: especially when they let him be like south american and yeah. super intelligent and, and, and
1: not a, an idiot yeah uh, so going back to a lot of bane's portrayal is we all know bane no bane is the the lucha libre luchador who <laughs> wears the camelback on his <laughs> camelback <laughs> thing that injects yeah. him with green mountain dew and, uh, <laughs> yeah and uh and he and he does a punch it was the '90s, Andrew. It was Surge. It was yeah. It was, it was yeah. Surge. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, so yeah. So his addiction, which again is comic canon, he does have addiction to an addiction to Venom. Uh, we'll be focusing on that on this Road to Recovery special.
3: All right. Okay. So we've got victim of the system. We have victim of addiction. Kyle, what? Horrible truths about comics have you made me realize today?
2: (laughs) All right, Andrew. So, not Andrew, you're Matt. Um, Okay, Matt. So, today I'm going to talk about Sinestro. Uh, Sinestro first appeared in August 1961 in Green Lantern Volume 2, Issue 7. Sinestro is a, a former Green Lantern who you might recognize as the Space Police. And he quit the space police because they wouldn't let him be fascist as fascist as he wanted to be.
1: That seems that seems out of character.
2: (laughs) Um yeah, so Sinestro decided that he in order to to properly police space, he needed to to do more policing. And the, the Lantern Corps was like, um no, you've done enough they can take the they can take back over now. And he was like No. Um, So he quit, found a different color power ring, and now tries to enforce order through fear, which sounds very different kind of space copy. (laughs) So we are going to uh, bring Sinestro back from the edge. We're going to de-radicalize Sinestro, get him off YouTube, get him to stop watching Tucker Carlson, and, (laughs) um,
0: and bring him back into the light. Okay, wow. You're going to find a way to make me hate Sinestro more than like I already hate
3: Sinestro. (laughs) And that's pretty wild. Yeah, this is okay. I didn't expect police reform to come up on today's (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Here we are i also didn't know enough about the green lantern backstory to know that sinestro was a cop before becoming sinestro and that sucks yeah he was like the best
2: green lantern Mm -hmm. until hal jordan showed up and and was a better green lantern and that's part of it is he was mad there was a better green lantern but also mad that he couldn't again run a police state in space so Mm -hmm. I think he has a dumb mustache. He has an awesome mustache. You shut up. He looks like a butler. His mustache is not on trial today.
1: (laughs) He looks like a butler.
4: (laughs) All right. well, Justin, what have you brought to this party? Okay, I need you guys to have an open mind for my pick. Because I'm picking someone who started off with the highest high, is now currently... At the lowest of possible lows. This guy, all the way from Illinois, is one of the founding people of the Marvel Universe. He was beloved. Everyone thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Until, it turns out he's an awful person. I am submitting to you, (laughs) one of the most villainous people in the Marvel Universe, hands down, point blank period, and that is Beast from the x-men you may ask yourself wait a minute he's not a villain he's a hero he's a good guy good old lovable beast and i'm telling you he hasn't been that way in a long long time but
1: justin he's kelsey grammar kelsey yeah. grammar can
4: do no wrong <laughs> oh kelsey grammar mean- here's what
0: i is gonna happen i think justin before this episode is over is gonna say sketchy science and we're going we're gonna to fill the, the trifecta here, because I bet what? Beast has done some sketchy science
4: before. Oh, very sketchy science, which I will get into later in this episode. But Beast has committed war crimes. I won't beat around the bush. He's committed <laughs> oh, several war crimes. Not because he was brainwashed, not because it's an alternate version of him. He just did it, because <laughs> he thought it'd be right. And he has been proven wrong time and time again. So i think it'd be interesting to turn beast from the scum of the earth that he is now to the hero of his hometown illinois i rest my case it's it's what illinois needs it's what they deserve <laughs> yes <laughs> the <hero laughs> that they need and deserve wouldn't you, think about it a whole series where beast is swinging from the what, what what's in illinois chicago Swinging from the The classic stations.
1: Illinois jungles, yes. yes. The yeah. jungles of Illinois.
3: <laughs> you mean the fields of corn and wheat? Yeah, the jungles. Oh, no, no,
4: no, no, no. Well, we'll work it out. He can teleport. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
3: He's got
2: a jet. Yeah. <laughs> go wherever we need the story to take place.
4: Exactly.
3: <laughs> so not to divulge too much about myself, I have a lot of family in central Illinois, and I I'm cannot... So Personally, imagine Hank McCoy's existence around the people that live where my family lives. <laughs> That's just an awful thing. But it would make for
4: phenomenal reality television. Exactly. You got me there. When's the last time you saw Beast like stop a purse snatching? Hmm? Maybe ne- stop a herb? I can't range. say I haven't. You're, not, I don't, you're, you're right. Yeah. You got me there. Yeah. He's never been <laughs> heroic fair. in that way ever 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 in fact he's been like the opposite advocating like maybe you should call the police like that's the person that hank mccoy is oh hank mccoy's a narc no (laughs) ew gross i have the receipts
1: this picture which I assume is from first class or maybe is the next one. He, he definitely looks like the Grinch in the Jim Carrey the Grinch. He
4: does. He, does. <laughs> he super does. He's got Listen. a he's got a snoot. There's nothing a new costume and some Twitter points will get you. Come on. It's
2: easy. <laughs> we got to get him in the in his cat mutation for one. That's his first <sighs> step to to recovery. Everyone
3: loves cats. It's perfect. Yeah.
4: Not this one though. No. Not this. Not this one.
3: <laughs> All right. Okay. So, <laughs> god damn you can't just drop a picture of Jim Carrey's Grinch on me like that. You gotta warn a guy. And, and will. Okay. Anyway, we have four very different reality shows and docu series. I don't remember what I set this up as. I think a ninety-minute special. Alright, we have a lot of different opportunities for this 90-minute special that we're building, and I understand the backstory. I see the B-roll and how we get to the 15 minutes of footage we actually shot. Now, the unfortunate truth of creating reality TV content is that conflict breeds viewership. We certainly want our special to be genuine, as we truly do want to see this villain go good, but we're going to need... God damn... I wrote this weeks ago and I have not looked at it since my apologies, but we are going to stage an inter Jesus Christ. We are going to stage an intervention in their secret layer to get the cameras rolling <laughs> who will gather in a tense circle of folding chairs with untouched hors d'oeuvres and become your villain's support system as they try to clean up their life. And what sort of things will they say? Todd. So,
0: Rhino has been part of two major teams. It would not come as a surprise if I told you one of them is the Sinister Six. That is not a surprise for
3: anyone. The ah, other one, oh. ah. Who else was on the Sinister Six at that point?
4: Amy Pascal.
3: <laughs> it could have <laughs> been Shmorbius.
0: But I was curious if it might have been <laughs> i don't know I, I i don't know when he was the sinister six
2: are case. like the avengers for villains everyone's true, passed yeah. through the sinister six at some if point If you don't
0: see six of them on the screen at one point then whoever you're expecting it's schrodinger six they're also part of the team <laughs> <laughs> <Schrodinger> <laughs> Six.
1: weirdly enough schrodinger six never part of the sinister six
0: the other team that rhino has been part of is craven's savage six so this, yeah, it's stupid. It is a team <laughs> made up exclusively as animal-themed bad guys that were being hunted by Kraven uh, until Craven had them released. He was teamed up with a villain, I think, named Arcade, something is like that. Is this, like, a
3: dangerous game situation? It was
0: 100% a most dangerous game situation. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Everything with Craven the Hunter is the most dangerous <laughs> Yeah, game. it's kind of That's his
0: Since you were curious, the Savage Six consisted of famously known characters like the Vulture, and Scorpion, but also characters like King Cobra, Tarantula, who is a man who can transform into a Tarantula, and one villain named Stegron the Dinosaur Man. (laughs) So, (laughs) So what we have is we have the Savage Six, and they are all certainly going to go around one by one in certainly two small chairs in this Baptist Church basement where this meeting is being held. They take turns saying things like, Alexi, your ability to stop things really well is something that's special to you and you alone, and no other villains have powers like that. And Alexi, what would the world be like without a large Russian man in a silly outfit? That is a unique place in this world that only you hold. There's been no other characters to do that. But in the end, it's a very touching moment that I think drives the point home when Stegron the Dinosaur Man puts his large dinosaur-like man claw on rhino's shoulder and says i assume his voice is like this alexi (laughs) the world may currently measure you on the size of your humongous suit but the future will measure you on the size of your humongous heart and i think (laughs) that's where (laughs) that's where like the point hits that that alexi can turn things around that is stegra on the dinosaur man in the show notes right now it is
3: wonderful
1: He's a dinosaur man he's a, he's he a dinosaur it. man he, dinosaur he man. has
0: the
3: all-time it. beefiest quads i've <laughs> ever <laughs> seen <Don't pick>. so <laughs> big there's
0: probably a moment too i mean spider-man is is probably here too and there's probably a moment where he's like you weren't even one
3: of the hard enemies i fought <laughs> i just jumped over you oh, Always in this situation where we're trying to make villains good does that have to involve spider-man coming in and being a dick I mean, <laughs> I mean, every kind of that is the point of Spider-Man. Yeah. He, he does his real quick quips.
1: It and feels like, on oh,
0: brand. But, then he's like, oh, I read the room wrong. See you later.
3: <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom.
0: And then he leaves, you know, as, Pider, as Spider-Man does.
3: Ba, ba, ba. Quick quips guns. and faster thwips. Yes. That's good. All right. Oh, thanks. Uh, okay. Andrew, uh, tell me about the intervention scene.
1: So, in this particular special, we see Bane come back to his studio apartment that's, of course, actually the basement of another apartment that was recently converted into an in-law suite by an amateur real estate investor with a liberal interpretation of Gotham City building code, which I say this because this is the closest living thing to living in an actual prison pit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, after habitually pulling down the Murphy bed located by the door, he is surprised by the bed hitting some obstacle followed by an audible yelp. He turns on the one dim light in the room that illuminates the silhouettes of six other individuals quietly waiting in the dark. Dr. Drew is there because when I wrote this, I thought we were doing celebrity rehab. So he's there. Um, he's <laughs> who? <Me too. laughs> and, and he's surrounded by five other supervillains that, along with Bane, make up, and I kid you not, the Secret Six.
3: Shut up. <laughs> really? Man. Are yep. we going to talk about the Sinister Six, the Savage Six, and the Secret Six all we in one sure episode? We sure
1: Who are the Secret Six, you ask? Well, Matt, Boy. I'd love to tell you. So the Secret Six have been around in DC canon for quite some time and have been made up of random antiheroes and villains throughout the years. They started in the early aughts, a mysterious figure known as Mockingbird, not a Hawkeye's wife, but uh, a, myster- <laughs> <Right>. Separate, <laughs> a mysterious. Separate, different sp- mockingbird. Yep. Uh, a mysterious figure that would later be actually identified as Lex Luthor. So, oh. Uh, he put together uh, a Black Ops group of supervillains. Have you heard about this one before? You have. It's Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad. Oh. Yeah, got it. oh. yeah, we're doing a Suicide Squad. It's different. It's different than the Suicide Squad. We're just doing a different Suicide Squad. Because unlike Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad, they didn't have chips implanted in their heads ready to explode at even a hint of betrayal. So the team didn't go very far because people kept <laughs> betraying each other. <laughs> and, and they're like, literally, the Wikipedia entry is like the first four paragraphs. is just like, then this the, the, the Secret Six was put together, and then so-and-so betrayed everybody. And then so-and-so betrayed that betrayal. Mm. <laughs> and so-and-so threatened to... There is a whole thing with mockingbird's identity. This is when the Sinister or the uh, the Suicide Squad was still
0: in beta testing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, the Suicide Squad is related because this roster finally solidified when Deadshot and Bane came from the Suicide Squad and joined the Secret Six. Oh. Mm. And they joined along with the likes of Scandal Savage, Catman, <laughs> and Ragdoll. Scandal Savage is that yep. a different person than Vandal Savage? Vandal yeah. Savage's daughter Scandal. Uh, what? Okay. Yeah, can I get Lord. a quick rundown
0: on on those those characters?
1: Yeah, Deadshot, yeah, Bane, which you know, you know those. Deadshot being Will Smith's character in the original Suicide Squad. Uh, Scandal Savage, Catman, Screwothers, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is a cat
2: <laughs> but a man. Catman <laughs> whose power is he was a boxer. Yep, and then he found, and then he put on a cat suit,
1: and then he said, "I'm gonna do crime." And then uh, <laughs> he was like, "I'm like Catwoman, but man, <laughs> wow!" And Ragdoll, who just is a man with a with uh, fake uh, with artificial limbs. That's it.
0: This
1: is, this is a man with artificial limbs.
0: I mean, listen, Polka Dot Man was like the favorite of yeah. Suicide Squad. So, yeah. okay. Okay. So,
1: Bane looks upon the dim vis- visages, visages, visages of his anti-hero teammates. His eyes well start to well up as each of them read off their prepared statements, but it isn't until he hears from Scandal Savage, yes, daughter of Vandal Savage, where he really breaks down. Dear Bane, Even though my father is very much still alive and will likely be until the end of time because he was a caveman that mysteriously was given immortality (laughs) when he discovered a strange meteorite, I have always thought of you as a father. It could be a combination of the fact that my actual father has been alive for something around 50 million years or that he murdered the only woman I've ever loved, which forced me to strike a deal with the demon lord of hell to resurrect her with shady necromancy magic. But who's to say? The Venom Serum, which you so lackadaisically call the juice, changes you. (laughs) When you fill your veins with that poison, you become a monstrous version of yourself. Gone is the well-read academic with a passion for dismantling oligarchies. Every time you activate that weird backpack full of illicit Mountain Dew... You lose the ability to form complete sentences and just devolve into a repeatable one-off joke where you grunt your name along with some random noun, like your whole personality could be boiled down to the fact that you wear a luchador mask. Anyway, we're here to tell you we accept you for who you are. Without the Venom. You're strong and smart enough to own Gotham City without the Serum. You're the guy who broke the bat, remember? Love, Scandal. Dr. Drew then comes because, again, may I remind you, I thought we were doing celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew. Uh, He then asks Bane how he feels, and Bane rips all the hoses from his Camelback Venom dispenser and embraces his colleagues. Fade to black.
3: Well, that was surprisingly wholesome. I mean, if I'm I'm just going to call it straight. I do have to ask, though, so while we're putting this docuseries together, we are looking to bring on sponsors, and a particular brand noticed a lot of similarity between your last intervention speech and their recent branding and so we were curious if you would be opening to us running a batch of Snickers you're not yourself when you're (laughs) hungry ads throughout your docuseries and there would be some product placement involved.
1: Yeah you know I I could get behind that Um, I feel like Bane's a hungry boy, and he's always getting a little snacky. So, uh, you know, maybe he, maybe he's always eating his Snickers, much like Brad Pitt's always eating an apple in movies. Yeah. You can make that work. Yeah.
3: You're not yourself when you're <laughs> hungry.
1: <laughs> that was really good. It was like 35 minutes until we got a Bane impression. So I wondered how impressive. long it would be.
2: Yeah, It was longer than I thought. Much longer than we, <laughs> us bringing up Paul Giamatti.
1: Yeah, hot out the gate. Also, also I forgot to mention there was a sixth member of the Secret Six, because I only named five. The sixth member is a woman named Jeanette. No further questions. Oh. <laughs> okay. Alright. I I have nothing else to say.
2: Kyle. Kyle, what you got? Alright, Matt. So imagine imagine if you will, we are on a on a distant rock in space. A lot of former Green Lanterns have gathered to help. Uh, sinestro work through his issues and and help de-radicalize this this lost soul we've got guy gardner there he's setting up the folding chairs on this asteroid in space hal jordan brought the donuts john stewart is making sure the tables are set the coffee is made and kyle rayner is there just just leaning against the proverbial doorway, waiting for the meeting to start. Man,
1: is there anything lamer than a party full of green lanterns? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so all these former green lanterns have gathered to to help talk about uh, why they're also no, uh, left the, the lantern core and to suggest to Sinestro maybe some alternatives to fascism in, in meeting his his world his universal <laughs> peace goals um so you start with uh guy gardner who talks about how he also was really disillusioned with the core and he went and joined the the red lanterns yeah, he, who were just broke bad he broke bad mm. he he was a, a rage monster for a while and he tells uh sinestro like hey didn't come any closer world peace through through more killing more killing is bad vomiting blood
0: on my enemies really didn't bring me any world didn't peace, do which is it weird
2: how jordan goes next he talks about the time he became the embodiment of vengeance and rage um when he was he turned into parallax
1: was he ghost rider I
2: thought didn't he no um he was the specter it was very oh. similar to oh. Ghost Rider.
1: <laughs> Way closer to Ghost
2: Rider than I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah, no, he was the embodiment of vengeance. And, oh, the um, specter
1: of vengeance, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah My absolutely. favorite
0: original character. The Mark Specter of
2: vengeance, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to talk to Sinestro about how, even as the living embodiment of vengeance, um, trying to enact justice on the universe, he couldn't achieve it through shady and all-powerful means so they're they're just gonna again try and deradicalize this guy who ultimately just wants less people to get hurt more good spread throughout the universe he just is trying to do it with a bit too heavy a hand so he's he's meeting with his cop buddies and they're gonna talk him down
0: i think i get the solution that that the green lanterns are going for is we just need more green lanterns if we just had more (laughs) green lanterns green lanterns in schools green lanterns in libraries i don't i don't give the teachers power
3: rings (laughs) we went too far i saw justin make a face a couple minutes ago what were you gonna say he's still making a face no comment
4: no comment (laughs) here's the thing okay i'm Here's here's my question: Do the people actually want to change in this scenario? Because as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, Sinestro will never change and never wanted to change in the first place. His answer to getting fired was to create his own police force. Yeah. Do we want to see that in a VH1 <laughs> reality show? Do we want to see? It feels them? like
1: they're uh, they're pretty and they're nothing if not consistent.
2: Sinestro definitely starts going through this um, like anger management rehab. Because of a court order and not it's court ordered. And not a decision he made. But mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. You know, sometimes sometimes all the best things yeah. are court ordered. They
0: listen they, Sinest- they
1: revoked his concealed carry license. <laughs> uh,
0: Sinestro, Sinestro was he, he he had three weeks off with pay. Isn't that enough? Hasn't he been through it a- <laughs>
3: Oh god. I <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, that sucks. It
0: like it hurts oh, I hate it. All right, I'm sorry. I'm if done. it helps,
3: Kyle
2: Rayner does a does a very lengthy discussion of all the good he's done. Sans power ring. Uh Kyle Rayner walked away, mm-hmm. gave up the power ring, is just like I'm gonna be a dude on earth helping out. And um he he is the one good cop because he walked away. Um yeah, and that right? is
0: all good cops quit. Yeah, That's he was. I think he at. was the Green Lantern. That he became the White Lantern at one point because he like, became the White Lantern. Yeah. He also became. Are a we God? talking
3: about Blackest Night? We absolutely are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it.
0: Check the video also. I think card. he was like an artist before he before he, Anyway, yeah, yeah he was a comic man. book artist
2: who got yeah. the power ring. So all his anyway, all his uh, constructs are like
0: mechs and uh, manga things. Yeah, you want a Green Lantern flavor text? You know where
3: to you know where to find us. Okay. Man, the last 72 hours in the existence of this podcast have melted the inside of my brain. (laughs) Justin, tell me about The Beast and what sort of intervention you will stage for Kelsey Grammer.
4: So, (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I picked people that Hank has directly affected or could directly affect Hank, right? So, with this, Hank... This is this is gonna be a surprise invention. So he needs like an incentive, maybe like Hank, do you wanna experiment on some people? He's like, Ooh. Oh, oh, don't mind the buddy. <laughs> don't mind the <to> buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're gonna talk science after dinner. Don't mind the buddy.
4: Exactly. Imagine this, okay? Hank walks in with a little bebop, do whatever his phone, whatever reader says. He's like, Hmm, it seems like there's me. I'm already here in this room. That's weird. And that's when his alternate version, Dark Beast, his nemesis, is going to walk into the room, right? If you don't know anything about Dark Beast, Dark Beast is evil. Unabashedly evil. (laughs) As in, he worked with Mr. Sinister willingly evil. Mm -hmm. Yes, Dark Beast. Okay. And the reason why he's here is because Dark Beast is bad. But he's not as bad as a regular beast in every single other multiverse beast is evil except this one it's wild that seems kind of suspicious hmm? suspicious right weird now every other version is evil except our beast Nah, i'm not believing that it's real convenient yeah real yeah. convenient do you
1: know i'm just curious what is the like what is the hand wavy explanation for that like His mom's name was Martha in this canon, or is that one of those (laughs) things?
4: No, Dark Beast specifically comes from Age of Apocalypse. Right, okay, okay. Age of Apocalypse started is when, I believe, the inciting incident was if Charles Xavier died, which allowed Apocalypse to take over America. Yeah, gotcha. In that reality, Hank McCoy didn't want to become an X-Men. He instantly wanted to work with Mr. Sinister, who... In every reality, Mr. Sinister is experimenting on people. In the 616 reality, he's he's a collaborator. Like true blue collaborator. So Mr. Sinister, Mm. don't mess with him, even though he's (laughs) on the governing body of the X-Men right now. But that's beside the point. Dark Beast is in the room, (laughs) right? And for my second addition to this, we're gonna have the Beast or the person that Beast hates the most. And surprisingly, that is Colossus because, in a lot of way, Col- really? C- Colossus hmm. replaced Beast. Okay, if you let's Colossus no. <laughs> is
3: just kind of better Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the true. better
4: Beast in that everyone <laughs> loves Colossus. Everyone is strong. He is beloved in Mother Russia. He saved little girls. <laughs> everyone loves colossus you know what happened when colossus the found love? The <laughs> everyone was like oh my gosh colossus and kitty are getting married this is incredible even if the, even when the wedding failed everyone was like you know what colossus we love you oh what can we do for your wedding you know what happened when beast found <laughs> love everyone didn't tell him to the last second of like hey beast uh, i know you found love with this like other cat person but turns out this is a Mutant cat and Beast is like yes, yes, a mutant cat like no Beast, it's a mutated cat like a cat who's mutated. <laughs> oh, they, were no, cat cat they were all just jealous because
2: they were all just jealous because Beast got his cat girl girlfriend.
3: <laughs> is that <laughs> real? Is that yes. real canon?
1: Yes, that's real canon. so funny.
3: Holy shit, X Men! Wow, yeah, when did you know, that happen? Right? Do you like, know
4: like <laughs> what year ish that was? It is in, I believe it's in New X Men towards oh like my the God. I think it's towards
2: that's the That's like late 90s early 2000s era Matt Okay. which is on par for what X-Men was doing <laughs> that era.
4: Yeah. True story and I okay, I know cuz Col- I love Colossus better than Beast. Everyone loved Colossus Everyone more than Beast. Everyone loves Colossus more than yeah. Beast. <laughs> In fact, that Colossus gets to be on every single team, but that's Hank's problem, not mine. In fact, Hank hates Colossus so much he was the first person he interrogated in Krakoa when Colossus didn't do anything wrong. The only thing that he did wrong was that Omega Red, who tried to infiltrate K- Krakoa, was also from Russia. And Beast was like, you know what? I just don't like Russians today. Let's interrogate Colossus. Yeah.
0: There's a there's a whole thing Gross. where he's he like he immediately is like I'm very anti Russian. Colossus, you're, you're the one <laughs> I'm gonna take it out on.
4: Yes. Colossus was actually evil, but that's beside the point. It was unfounded at the time, right? Yeah, no way to know Yeah, about.
1: I mean, I'd bow down to Evil Colossus before good Hank McCoy. <laughs>
4: exactly. But yeah. I think the third person that's coming to this meeting is even more important than Colossus. And that is Iceman. You think, original member of the X-Men, Iceman and Hank used to be best friends. Literally, they were roommates for a very long time. But you know what's weird? Also in New X-Men, Beast just wanted to pretend that he was a gay man what oh <laughs> what? oh
0: that's got yep. big uh superman's pink kryptonite turns people gay energy yeah that don't that like sucks. that nope Weird. he was not
4: mind controlled he was not an alternate version he's wanted to be interesting because everyone else had he
2: just woke up one day and he's like i'm gonna pretend to be gay
4: yes grant mm. morrison's new x-men run beast wanted to all right let me read you the panel right okay yeah a person is coming up. He wants to be int- wants to be dating beast, and he wasn't really interested. And he says, "But the truth is, I'm not interested in a relationship with a human being right now. In fact, I think I may be gay." And then, then like a bad guy breaks in and stuff. And then later, he comes out and says, or comes out of his coming out <clears throat> and say, ah, <laughs> "I just didn't want my ex girlfriend to." think we were going to be in a new relationship that's something that hank mccoy did for oh, real incredible
0: oh, wow dick move i i love that of the things you listed that make hank mccoy irredeemable it's like tried to sell out his buddy as a russian spy pretended he was gay and like the, both of them <laughs> the are very very reaction. bad and very differently bad <laughs> yeah yeah
4: Hank has always been this way. But I think Iceman is the guy to say, hey, Hank, that wasn't cool because Iceman recently, well, I wouldn't say recently, I guess five years ago, mm-hmm. maybe at the most, Iceman came out. Yeah. And he's yeah. been a better character and a better man ever since. Mm-hmm. So if anyone can speak on this issue, it's Iceman
1: also being retconned to being 24 again helped ice man or whatever because you know what? like, he was retconned as like a teenager at one point no he yeah. wasn't
4: okay so that's another part of his crimes <laughs> here's what happened here's the f- next person who's coming to this meeting and that's kitty pride someone who has a Ooh. lot of experience with time travel specifically because beast himself just to prove a point to cyclops Rewind. Cyclops had turned into a mutant terrorist, but that's a story for another podcast. (laughs) And you know what Beast said? You know what It really grinds my gears? Scott used to be so cool. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring the original five X-Men just to prove my point, to be like, hey, Scott, cut it out. And that was (laughs) it. Stop it. But he couldn't bring them back to their original time. And they were here for, like five years plus the original five expo it's so weird yeah and the teenage Iceman came out and the old Iceman Mm. hadn't come out yet (laughs) which is a whole nother thing like the fact that we had to go through all this just so you can prove a point hank come on which is why kitty pride can help facilitate this intervention because she can time travel by phasing through realities but that's kind of a no another episode but that is who i'm bringing to the intervention
2: hank hank has real big like facts and logic energy Mm -hmm. and i think like bringing one his antithesis to his like well-loved antithesis and two victims (laughs) of his of his crimes (laughs) is a very good like hey here's your facts and logic don't work. All these don't these work. people better than you.
0: These people ruined their life like
4: for no reason. For no reason at yeah. all.
0: Like Is Hank McCoy just like Ben Shapiro of the Marvel X-Men? Is that what he is? I'm getting that vibe. He's evil like Reed Richards is evil. Yeah. And the yeah, and the way that he's like that. my well, no. At least Reed Richards is like the the science will justify the means. The yeah, yeah. Hank McCoy's like I'm a salty neutral. bitch.
4: and yeah. I'm, going to, <laughs> <The weird laughs> I'm going to violate the rules of space and time to prove the yeah, like, point here. It, I think the difference is that Reed Richards hasn't, has Reed Richards hasn't been evil in a long time. Like yeah, capital right. E, he's been ever since. Like I guess his family really came into the picture. He hasn't been that evil, yeah. but. I <laughs> like
1: having to like caveat you guys have been that evil yeah.
4: <laughs> like I mean little yeah, evil no, you're right. as yeah. He, yeah. he turns off his own son's mutant genes so he doesn't get picked up by the X-Men that's a whole nother thing <laughs> but <laughs> I well, think comics the are difference great. is comics Hank great. will criticize everyone else the live long day for doing something that is wrong and he will do the right or he will do that exact same thing because it is right because I am doing it. Okay. Whatever mental hoops that Hank has to justify, he will do that to justify his actions, no matter how much it messes up the time. He's evil in a
1: more way. like imperialistic way. Got exactly. It. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll
4: get to that into my next point. But <laughs> I, I rest my case.
3: All right. Okay. So I, I really get where all of these shows are going. I think they're really fleshed out here. But we do want the bulk of this special to actually be footage of your villain being a good person. We're leaving the create drama to spur failure methods to the early 2000s in favor of a real look at how people can change. So how will we see your recovering villains use their powers for good instead of evil? What good deeds will we be able to film them doing? And just in general, how do they change? Todd, let us know. Rhino has this fantastic opportunity ahead of him. So
0: if you remember in his final suit related storyline, he left his goofy body suit that was vacuum sealed onto his huge Russian body behind for that hammer tech Rhino mech suit. So he can now use this suit and his experience and then not be locked into what many other people are going to get stuck with as a motivational speaker role. I think that's typically where you think this goes. They're going (laughs) to come to, they're going to come to your rural high school. I was a
1: teenage Rhino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, exactly.
0: I was waiting for the scared straight thing to come out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he's be like, I do did the the scary Russian science to smash and steal for a family. that We're not going to do that. And so instead, he is going to work with athletes who have faced physical setbacks in life that are adjusting to technology enhanced physical recovery tools like artificial limbs to get back into the sport. And... He'll be paired with an athlete. This whole thing is just B-roll of him of him helping mostly kids get back on their feet. And he'll be paired with athletes as they take their journey back into their sport as, you know, someone who has been broken, but is in a specifically different comic book villain from the 60s way. And I think his his program that he starts will be st- called something like Big Dreams Charging Forward. And, and I think that that is, <laughs> you're going to get the rhino being this like hands-on mentor for athletes getting back on their feet okay i don't dislike that at all that's got a good angle
3: it's a 501c3 so yeah yeah, i mean it sounds like we could we could rope espn in here and Mm -hmm. maybe get a little money from them i like that angle andrew what do you have planned for bane
1: yeah, so one of the more interesting things about Bane in the history of Batman comics is that he's actually spent almost as much time as a hero as he has a villain, which is pretty fun. Hmm. A major part of his storyline in the mid to late 90s, and I mentioned this earlier, was that he actually kicked his legitimate chemical addiction to venom after being put back in prison by that guy, Jean-Paul Valley, who uh, subbed for Batman when he was crippled. And when Bane escaped from prison, the next time he and Batman actually worked together to stop a criminal operation trafficking more, trafficking in more venom into Gotham. Oh, which is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Where's that movie? Right, Batman. Yeah. And Bane,
2: buddy cops. Because again, like that.
1: Bane is Batman. They have all of the same intelligence. Like they have like the same knack, same for basic skill solving. sets. Yeah. Same basic yeah. skill sets. They they punch and solve crime. Later on in 2003, there's a storyline for a while where Bane thought that his estranged father was actually none other than Doctor Thomas Wayne. What? what? Okay. Because yeah, he's like what a twist. twist! What a twist! Right? <laughs> there was a rumor that like while Thomas Wayne was doing Doctors Without Borders, he met a woman in Central America. Because again, this is comics. Yeah. And Batman and Bane crime fight crime together as half brothers. <laughs>
0: for a while it was a yeah. whole nother version of the your mother's name is martha joke yeah it kind of was yeah good
1: in in until unfortunately a dna test proved this to be false so bane and batman stepbrothers in crime never uh, <laughs> in time never never came a reality later bane attempted to install a democratic regime as the first democratically elected president in his home country of santa prisca that's correct everybody bane also ran for office <laughs>
0: Good. Yep. Great.
1: Now, unfortunately, Bane lost due to elections being rigged by a man in a robot suit named Basil Nerblin. What? <laughs> All right. Isn't, a- wait, isn't that the guy from the Austin Powers movies? <laughs> His name is also Basil. Uh, Basil Nerblin, a.k.a. Computron who computron yeah that sounds made up i want you to look up computron it is real and it is a man and a robot
2: i refuse to believe the top result isn't gonna be from the office he looks like
1: the rock'em sock'em robot this robot. is incredible art hang on <laughs> wait wait yeah, but is it the big blue stupid looking robot yeah he's so frumpy wait i typed in
3: computron and all i got was transformers yeah i'm getting a lot of transformers
1: computron dc Okay. I think
0: I got it here in the show notes. Basil Merman. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's it. oh boy, he thick. <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he, he looks like the Rock'em Sock'em robot.
0: He's, he's he's Stegron the dinosaur man. Thick. <laughs> wow, yeah.
1: he's an he's an egg man. Uh, so Computron. Uh, rigged the election, which forced, which made Bane lose. What a
0: plot line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but get this, it was revealed that the whole thing was uh, contrived by Amanda Waller to trick Bane, manipulate Bane into joining the Suicide Squad, because that's what Amanda Waller does. Oh. Great. Right. Yeah. I had a lot of fun researching Bane today. Knowing all of this, I think it would be, oh, and I sorry, I, should, I should mention one other thing. So in the comics, Bane has fallen off the wagon a few times. He has always been struggling with addiction to Venom. But it's funny because there are times where Bane has come up against impossible odds and has chosen to inject himself with Venom to save someone. For example, I mentioned earlier... Sav- uh, nope, um, what's her name? Something Savage. Jesus Christ. Um, Scandal, uh, Scandal, Scandal savage. savage. I can never remember that name. Scandal Savage was uh, about to die... And like, it's a, he sees her as like a daughter figure. Um, so he like injected himself with venom to save her, like knowing that like that was gonna oh. kick him kick his addiction mm. back. Um, so like again, just a really fucking cool character. Like I did not expect to love Bane so much after today. So we could really build out the narrative here. We're gonna walk through these choice scenes of Bane's cycle of sobriety, then getting whomped by Batman, juicing up again being born again through the Lazarus Pool, which happens with the Ra's Gul Lazarus Pool. But also, I think it's just the DC version of going to a rehab retreat in Joshua Tree. (laughs) (laughs) Then running for election in Santa Prisca, discovering the voting machines are are rigged, and then Bane juicing up once again to punch a man named Basil Nurblin to death. So we get this montage and then we see Bane break out break down and once again rip out his camel backpack tubes as he kneels down outside of the maximum security prison he once called his home. Screen turns to black and white text appears saying, after this day, Bane never touched a drop of venom again. And then in the epilogue, we cut to a man in a, in a deep forest cutting logs. This man is wearing a luchador mask, but you see a heavy beard has formed underneath (laughs) to show that time has passed. And I like to think he's wearing like a flannel shirt over over top of his like camelback
2: suit. His venom rig.
1: Yeah. This man is obviously very muscular, but like in the the kind of muscular that like an ex-football player looks like. So it's like Mm -hmm. some of that muscle has turned to to gut fat, but he's still like built, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we see he's got a healthy dad bod. And uh, the the new and improved Bane walks the camera crew through his little remote cottage on the outskirts of Santa Prisca, where he's retired to a quiet life of homesteading and operating a co-op garden for the neighboring villagers. Uh, Every Sunday, he teaches the the locals proper composting and English as a second language in return for nothing but a hearty meal. And that's Bane. Wow, that's so nice and wholesome. It was
3: wholesome. I'm enjoying this third question more than I've enjoyed the rest of this podcast. We should have
1: started here. I started from The Dark Knight Rises and ended at Nacho Libre. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness.
3: All right, Kyle, go ahead. What do you have for Sinestro? All
2: right, Matt. So the whole lesson we're hoping to get out of Sinestro's rehabilitation is that community outreach is... The best good police can do is like helping out in their community and preventing crimes before they start just by creating a better environment for everyone involved. So part of how we're going to show that, Matt, is every scene change is going to have a, li- a short little transitional clip of Sinestro trying to do some community outreach, but fumbling the ball at the end zone every time so he's he's gonna be like you know using his his yellow power ring to help get a cat out of a tree but then he's gonna some you know summon a a, a monstrous construct to to get it out of that tree (laughs) instead of just like a ladder he can climb up he's gonna help an old lady cross the street Um, But then as soon as they get across... Summon a monstrous
1: construct. Summon a
2: monstrous construct that, like, (laughs) knocks the building next to him over. It's just going to be a series of those in between every major, like, chapter shift of the story until the last one where he is, like, giving out water at a protest on an extra hot day. And just when you think he's going to summon a a horrible construct that, that destroys everything... He just pulls out a new case of water and starts handing more out to people, and thus showing growth, positive change, and and his his place as a helpful member in his community.
1: <laughs> They're big Futurama energy.
3: <laughs> that's, it did, yeah, huh? That's what I was going for. Love it. All right, well, you got me there, Justin. Finish us out. Talk to me about how we are going to see. Beast be I just kinda like less of a
4: douche. So somehow, some way, Beast is always on the wrong side of history. If you remember <laughs> Secret <laughs> Empire, remember that where Captain America was just a Hydra person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 that was a weird time. Mm-hmm. You know what character who didn't need any mind control, any convincing anything at all just the shiny the new ambassador of the new mutant country that whatever hydra shipped all the mutants to you know who's cool with that hank mccoy
1: (laughs) that's a problem
4: Hank. (laughs) but i guess to fix his like to be make him on the right side of history kitty pride is gonna bring him through his worst moments and we're gonna start off with that we'll start off with like All the terrible things that he's done, maybe like not fake being gay, just not go out with his girlfriend. He's gonna do a
2: Christmas Carol. It's gonna be a really Carol. Do a Christmas Carol exactly.
1: It's a real wait for it. It's a real ghosts of future past.
4: Ah, Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) see what we did there. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. here's what's gonna happen. You ready for it, Beast? He's going to have a okay time with like not messing up the timeline sometimes. Maybe not telling his younger self terrible information that he might go back in time and mess up the timeline again. You know, fix those things. But the hardest part that Hank is going to have to do is apologize to his ex-girlfriend Trish Tilby about what he did to her and how he messed up her life. So <laughs> they go up the to the door. Lady? <laughs> Yes, and they go up to the okay. door, knock, 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 and Trish is like, "Oh, I've been expecting you." Except she's like in full makeup, and also camera crew is behind her.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Hank
4: just can't do it. <laughs> Hank can, can't do it. He wants to stay in the car, but everyone else, like the next stop is Terra Verde, where Hank met the president of Terra Verde, which is a completely different, like made-up country in Marvel Comics, who was kind of a rival to Krakoa because they had a lot of the same technology. And Beast just decided, you know, send the president home with a virus to mess up their plant technology. <laughs> but then the plant technology got so messed up that people started turning into plants and ended up killing the entire nation.
3: <laughs> Whoa, you weren't kidding wow. when you mentioned war crimes earlier. Yeah, there they yeah
4: and he did it on purpose like <laughs> like strip on purpose oh, read x-force shit. everyone he's terrible he's
2: like i'm gonna do this yeah. this is a, a war crime and i'm gonna do it
4: yep and but that's the last stop because that's the worst part right before he can get there he has to apologize to his ex girlfriend but hank can't get out the car because he's so embarrassed you know everyone else is at the door colossus and kitty and stuff and dark beast is like you know what? i'll handle this guys he goes out to the car he's like hank Come on, you're making us look bad. And he's like, You're making us look bad. You're Dark Beast. And he's like, <laughs> Not anymore. That's when Dark Beast stabs the regular Hank, does a little old switcheroo, and hides the real Hank somewhere else. Dark Beast, now as the regular Hank, is like, says everything that Trish wants to hear. Like, for, completely forgives me, hands like on his knees and everything, tears. Really plays it up for the camera, right?
0: It's kind of the best case scenario of the situation.
4: The more I think about it. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, though. The next stop is Dark Beast is going to go to that Terra Verde, get the virus to use for himself. Oh no! Wait, but Hank McCoy is stuck in the past. So when Hank comes to, he's like, "Crap! What am I going to do? I don't know anybody in this timeline." He does know one person. His ex girlfriend, Trish Tilby. <laughs> so Hank <laughs> and Trish Tilby have to make up a way to f- fix the time, whatever, make a time machine <laughs> to get the Terra Verde before Dark Beast releases it all over the world. And that's how Justin, we kind of get question. The, <laughs> Yeah, I've <I'm, I'm laughs> also answer. got
1: a question. I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> the number one that's pressing is, did you just rewrite Groundhog's Day featuring Hank McCoy? <laughs> does <Yeah>! Hank, McCoy, <laughs> does Hank McCoy have to realize the power of love in order to beat the time loop? Is that what you're telling us?
4: Uh, not exactly. He just has to figure out a way to get access to a time machine with the awkward help of his ex-girlfriend Okay, so he can not have his evil self ruin the timeline again
0: i also um am very into seeing a kelsey Grammer who's unconscious and bleeding <laughs> walking up to the front door of his ex-girlfriend to say hey i'm really sorry we have to save the world in this in this <laughs> new in this new rom-com where he fights evil kelsey grammar
4: <laughs> exactly they eventually figure it out and everything but here's here's the ending that's gonna happen right? dark beast is going on a tour he's joining the avengers tony stark loves him and that's not saying much but you know you know (laughs) he's starting his own super team and dark beast is like you know what we'll set up a tower we'll provide free technology for all the city of chicago illinois right (laughs) uh but really he's gonna build a tower that will release the virus in all of the major cities in america right because dark beast is gonna be dark beast right
2: Dark Beast is going to Dark Beast. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Tides so- come
2: in, tides go out.
0: Dark Beast is going to be Dark Beast.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hank McCoy is trying to figure this out. Trish Tilby's not dumb. She's smart in her own right. They can figure it out. But in the meantime, he's always avoiding the question of what he should actually say to Trish Bil- Tril- Tilby. You know, yeah, and eventually they figure it out and they go back and Hank McCoy saves his hometown of Illinois. And becomes an actual hero for a change instead of just like being the guy in the chair. Wow. That was a fucking journey. (laughs) What an absolute
3: journey that was. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, (laughs) it is time for us to take a quick break. But before we go, I do want to ask our super secret bonus questions. So when we get back, I have one final question. We need a title. For this thing. And we're going to take that title. Actually, we've written it for you. To be completely honest. We're just going to call it Becoming Blank. And we need you to fill in that blank. With the name of your chosen villain. After they have gone good. So if you could give us that name. And then I don't know. If you have a tagline. We'd certainly take a tagline for the movie. We'll take that right after this.
4: Hey Deja. What if we started a podcast? But if we did that, we'd have to be an incredible hosting duo. And both hosts would need a background in studying media, right? Yeah, plus hot takes and passion that goes well past academics. Well, what would we call it? welcome to screen
1: studies with deja and justin i'm deja and i'm justin this is the podcast where we talk about how the things on our screens affect our culture
4: and how our culture affects what's on our screen
1: whether you're seeking conversations on tv movies or social media
4: you can find new episodes of screen studies every monday on spotify and on the apple podcast
3: all right welcome back to this pitch meeting so we need to wrap up here before we go, I did ask one last question. So, we have titled your project Becoming blank and we need you to fill that blank in for us with the name of your villain post going good. And like I said, we don't need a tagline, but if you have a tagline for us, we'd certainly be interested in running with it. Todd, we'll start with you.
0: So, Alexi took the name Rhino or given was given the name Rhino because he became this big and dumb and strong thing and also Rhino suit. <laughs> so let's, let's start there. Like Those are our building blocks of how he got his naming convention. Other synonyms of the words that, that would currently describe Rhino as a character would be words like unstoppable and thickness. So <laughs> we're going to rebrand him and his new title will be something that spells out how his mission to help others can't be stopped and that he is also massive. And so we're going to be using synonyms of those two words, unstoppable and thickness. So Alexi, the rhino, will now just go by the title, unconquerable thickness. So, so here, here's the thing justin hammer spent a lot of money on that suit and he's not just gonna make another rhino suit for him uh for this short run recovery series so we're stuck with that same uh outfit we can only just rebrand so what we've brought to you today matt is becoming the unconquerable thickness colon unstoppable hopes and invincible dreams
1: (laughs) That sounds. Hold on. That sounds like a thirty for thirty.
4: Yeah, <laughs> sure. Does. sure does. Really,
0: really trying to toe that line of is it horny? Question mark. Also, rhino joke. All right.
3: Well, that was certainly horny. something cool. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
1: All right. We're moving on. Andrew. Andrew, go ahead. So, where we land at the end of Bane's road to recovery special is we find that Bane can live a perfectly happy life being as far away from Batman and Gotham as humanly possible (laughs) and uh, so we we see him like you know taking care of the locals there and like kind of like being this like guardian in this small village Um, the tagline for this for the this very like feel good uh, inspiring story is no one cared who he was until he took off the mask (laughs) (laughs) and because the opposite because it's the opposite of Bane I give you Boon
0: I good. I saw it right before you said
1: it. <laughs> oh oh man. If this were D&D rules his name would be blessed. <laughs> but I give you Damn. Boon. All
3: right. That's Boon. really good. Okay,
2: Kyle, what you got? All right, Matt. So, part of Sinestro's revitalization or reintegration into society is he's got to he's got to get that new name change. If they name like Sinestro not a whole lot of people are rooting for you so we are going to change it to something keeping a similar naming convention but with a little more positive spin on it so he's going to change his name into it'll be becoming virtuoso and the tagline will be going green has never looked so good because he's going to become a green lantern again by the end of it
3: oh good all right that's clever i like that very good very good Justin, round us out. What is the new name of Kelsey Grammer, and what is the tagline for his show?
4: So, I gave this a lot of thought, you know, because at the end of this arc, Hank McCoy will be the hero of Illinois. And specifically, I feel like he would be a really good, I guess, like Chicago is a really good home base. You know, Chicago being a sports town, they're not going to ask Hank McCoy what his name is. I think his new name should be the Chicago Bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everyone in yeah. the show would be like, oh my god, did you see the Chicago Bear? He <laughs> saved the town. He saved the bank. <laughs> oh, wow. The series will be called Becoming Blue. And uh, it's going to be Beauty is Only Skin Deep, but like Beast is Only Skin Deep, that kind of thing. Oh, so, oh,
3: that's so good. Man, that is really good. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, uh, wrap it up for us. Before we walk out, do y'all have any any closing statements you want to throw out with your pitch, Todd? You know, Matt,
0: everyone loves a comeback story. Let the unconquerable (laughs) thickness give you that
3: comeback. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Gross. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Uh,
1: Unforgivable. Th- three out of ten. Would not recommend. Todd,
3: we have a guest. <laughs> he has to learn eventually. You did this in front of our
1: friend. <laughs> I don't think All he's a right. friend anymore. <laughs> uh, he's okay, leave. Andrew. Go ahead. If you were a fly on the wall during one of Bane's um, Venom Anonymous meetings, you would hear him say the following. Oh, you think dark? You think addiction is your ally? But you merely adopted the juice. I was born in it, molded by it. Because I did a, I did a Dark Knight Rises bit. Yeah. Anyway, that's my time, everybody. <laughs> All right. Wow. Uh,
2: Kyle,
3: Kyle, what's your closing statement?
2: Uh, my closing statement is simple: reform the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> I love
3: it. Abolish the (laughs) (laughs) Sinestro. Defund Defund (laughs) Sinestro. Defund (laughs) (laughs) Sinestro. Okay, Justin, what you got?
4: I think Hank's main problem is that I think he just needs a reality check. He needs to be brought down to earth. He doesn't need any power. He just needs an opportunity to be himself. Because that's all he wanted in the first place. So vote for me. And hopefully Hank can actually be a good person for once.
3: (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Very cool. Well, I'm going to go meet with these execs. We're going to talk about our budget and see what we can fund. Uh, If you guys want to stay here and, you know, some of you are going to go home disappointed. So if you want to pump each other up, now would be a good time to do that.
0: Sure. I I would love to. Um, Andrew. Bane deserves better than what he's gotten. And I right? think you, you made a good argument. Also, the thing that I'm most proud about is that in this entire, you know, hour plus episode, I think we only had two Bane impressions.
1: Yeah. We showed the level of restraint only accessible by Sony Pictures.
0: Because <laughs> we only did the bad thing twice. And uh, that's... That is something, and I, I am just proud of all of us. And Bane was a good choice.
2: You guys want to be bummed out for a second? Stop. No. That that Bane voice is ten years old.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't oh. like that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Kyle, I hate Sinestro. And, <laughs> uh, I, I hate him. Like I hate him in a well. I hate him with a bell. Um, I, I, yeah. I hate him in just every way. Like he's just designed to be a character you hate. And so, yeah, I think Sinestro could really use recovery, but I think in the end it would be like with MTV's True Life where they always show like six months later, they're like, Sinestro immediately went back to all the <laughs> ways back that he crimes. was terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Justin, I loved everything you brought today about Hank McCoy. <laughs> I did not realize the, at best, heel that Hank McCoy is, but then it got me thinking that like, he's just been really really bad and the other thing you didn't mention is in secret wars he's part of the illuminati in the time runs out where they're like now we're going to nuke the other planets we're just going to nuke them we're not going to deal with those other planets we're just going to nuke them yeah they're like they're like there's no other solution than to destroy the other planets coming our way we did it everyone fly the mission guys i have a thought
2: if we thought about nuking those other planets, everyone's like, "No, we didn't, because that wouldn't do anything helpful."
0: <laughs> in an episode no, where I Hank thought oh, I was bad. gonna, well, in an episode where I thought I was gonna bring the bad science, you actually brought the king of bad science, and so I think that's really something.
4: <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I think I realized Hank was bad. Did you guys remember uh, what was it? Um, Inhumans versus X Men. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, because Hank was hanging out with the Inhumans for no reason, like for—I think it was a good reason because Cyclops almost killed Black Bolt, but that was a whole thing. And so Hank <laughs> McCoy was just helping the Inhumans, and Inhumans were like, "Hey, what if the Terrigen Mist cloud—that's like you know just roaming the Earth—that also kills humans? What if we're okay with that?" And Hank was like, "Huh." Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in Hank's defense, it was like, okay, we could save each mutant by making a cure for each individual mutant, or we can just pack up and move to the moon, everyone. And Hank and the X Men were like, <laughs> or we could fight back, Hank. And he's like, mm, Nope. I don't know. I have a meeting cure, that day. Moon
0: or nothing.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, like to put green. a to put a cap on it, I that there's a whole listicle of all the terrible things that beast has done that i found once you started and like repeatedly not great like repeatedly not great in times that he yeah. didn't need to be not great like there were perfectly good other options where he could have just done the good exactly. thing and he's like mm, no
1: nah, i'm not gonna do that yeah
4: for no reason why hank why are you always on the wrong side of history
1: Uh yeah, um Todd, Rhino so these all these are all good, but for wildly different reasons, which is fun when this happens. Todd, Rhino to me is like that like kinda hapless, like divorced dad kind of character who (laughs) can't keep a dollar because he keeps finding himself at the off-track betting parlor even though he has no money you know, or he's just like, he can't, he can't help himself. Right. The the
2: perpetual screw up. Yeah. The perpetual screw up.
1: He's, he's got, he's got two like screws in his thumbs because the mob has come after him too many times. (laughs) You know, he's like, he, he just, he sees that archetype and uh, you definitely leaned in on that. It was just like, stop doing the, stop going to dark science unlimited or Mm -hmm. LTD. Like that's, that's all you gotta do my man. Like just turn the other way, go to a subway. It's fine. So I, I Sir, really this love is a <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I, I love that you brought that. Uh, that great job, uh, Kyle. Similarly, um, well done with Sinestro. Dude's just a dick. Like it's just like. Uh, oh, he's determined
2: to be the worst.
1: Yeah, it's just like the like inevitable like uh, um, intervention for Sinestro is just like, hey, have you thought about not being an asshole? Like, <laughs> that's
2: it. And he's like, I did think of it. And I'm going to yeah, keep it even an asshole.
1: I've made the, cho- the choice. But that takes us to Hank McCoy, who I always thought that Beast was my least favorite X-Men. And I never knew why until today. Um, you just kind of like, Justin, you did a great job in just like voicing over like every reason why I actually do hate Hank McCoy. And like why I've never been a fan of Beast. He kind of has a sucky power, but that's the least of the problems.
4: Right? <laughs> it's the fact that he could be great. That he has yeah. all the tools to be a good person, but, like, I don't know why, of all the X-Men, like, yeah, we always think, like, oh, you shouldn't trust Magneto. My break bad when Magneto you know, has been l- yeah. good longer than Beast in my opinion, and with better intentions. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. we we decided
0: yeah. that Beast was a bad roommate months ago, and now yeah, he we just <laughs> a bad, yeah, yeah, just we a made, bad dude. Uh, yeah. We made him yeah, double down that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So great, great jobs all around. That was that was a lot of fun.
2: Um, Todd, I I also very much like your your attempt to like just give the the hapless screw up the the guy who keeps you know stepping on rakes one more chance to not step on a rake um i definitely like the the like sports comeback direction for your documentary special as well i think that that suits rhino very well andrew bain is is a great like from the comics a great anti-hero i love that you're you're giving him uh, a second shot at public office because i think (laughs) i think the people of santa prisca will will appreciate someone who who really wants the job in there and justin thank you for for coming on our show and thank you for pointing out to us a second actual villain in the original lineup of the x-men because um i've always been convinced professor x is also an actual villain and now we have (laughs) the next smartest guy in the group is also an actual villain.
4: I, I, I talk way too much about X-Men because I think Hank is Xavier's dream in reality. Yeah. You Ooh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like what it actually is. And as opposed to like Scott is like okay here's who I'm going to put all the energy of what I want the dream to be mm. and then that is reflected back on him and like Scott's like yeah. you're not right about this because these are the tenets that you set forth. Jean Grey is kind of like the result of like Hiding yourself and mm-hmm. not getting the proper care that you need. And Iceman mm-hmm. is kind of the same way of staying in the closet for decades. Yeah. You know? And Angel yeah. literally putting the most beautiful part of himself away in a jacket. Yeah. That's, that is that mm-hmm. is Xavier's vision. But Hank McCoy is like the actual practic- like practical application <laughs> of the vision. Making yourself jovial and... I guess like uh, code switching. Like Hank McCoy is the mm-hmm. only member of the original X Men who goes to the Avengers and is in other superhero teams willingly and is often. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's such yeah. a weird thing. I yeah. could go. That's a whole nother podcast episode. But I will say. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, mean, it's, it's <laughs> I will say like a lot of your a lot of your pitches. Like, okay, are these guys going to become good or good at being bad? You know, because like I think Bane will help the, his country a lot. I don't know if I'd want to live there. (laughs) Rule the Iron Fist. Um, Also, I thought it was really interesting Rhino, because
0: it's a good answer.
4: Because it, I think Rhino is like the one of the purest expressions of the VH1 Reality Special. Like, he yeah. needs the help. Yes. The, he needs the show more than the show needs himself. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I feel kind of bad watching this, because I feel as though he's going to, like, mess up.
1: He's like Red Man in that episode of Cribs we keep referring to. Yeah, in the titular <laughs> episode of Cribs, yeah.
4: <laughs> but I don't trust Sinestro at all. No way, Jose. Absolutely not. It's because a little
2: mustache. Yeah. It's 100%. And
4: the big head mm-mm, can't win with it. Nope, 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 nope. It's
2: the big head's full of
3: secrets. Yeah. He can't...
4: <laughs> <laughs> or his ego, but that's another podcast.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's time for us to announce our decision. And I have some interesting news for all of you. You all are going somewhere. You're just not all going to go with us. So, you know, some of you are are still kind of losers today. Kyle, listen. The question today was to find somebody who deserves a second chance. And we all kind of decided Sinestra doesn't really deserve it enough, so uh it's not going to be you, but Okay. Dylan Dylan Marin from conversation with people who hate me is really interested in talking to Sinestro. That might be a bit of a narrow cast if you're not familiar with that podcast, but... Nope. I don't know. Look it up on your own time. Somebody out there is going to laugh at that joke. Anyway, moving on. Todd, we really like the angle of Rhino, and we totally agree with what Justin said. He kind of needs this show more than we need him. Unfortunately, this isn't a long-going, long-running series. This is just a 90-minute special. So you're so, going to deny people the unconquerable thickness. <laughs> I am, <laughs> yes. But the folks at Tubi TV are interested, and they'll be following up with you. Perfect. Which leaves us with our last two, Andrew and Justin. And here's what I have to say. Both of these are really, really interesting cases, and we like them a lot, but we think one of them has a lot more drama to it and is going to bring a lot more viewership to our special and that's Hank McCoy, the answer <laughs> none of us expected <laughs> when we came in today. <laughs> but it is absolutely going to be Hank McCoy that we go with. We
4: did it. We did it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, we will likely be picking up a series on Bane as well. That's just going to go straight to streaming. Perfect. This one uh, for Hank McCoy is going to go to streaming, and it's going to go to live service. Which Hey,
1: look. I get it. You need to make the trailer. You need footage for the trailer. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I get it.
3: Exactly. And I think that is a perfect place for us to wrap up today. Justin, thank you so much for hanging out on the yes, podcast thank you. with us. No,
4: thank you, guys. Great. This was fun. Yeah.
3: It's been really awesome to have you here. Before you go, can you tell the people where to find you on the internet one more time?
4: Yeah. You can find me on TikTok and wherever toys are sold at Freddy's Roommate. And you can also listen to my new podcast called Screen Studies, where we talk about culture and everything on our screen and everything in between. So please listen. I would really appreciate it.
3: Very cool. So thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. Do you want more Debate This content, but you just can't wait until two Tuesdays from now, which this is an old copy and that becomes less and less true because... We're pretty much a weekly grind these days. Anyway, (laughs) if you love hearing our voices and goofs and crave more for your ear holes? Well, you're in luck, because if you subscribe to our Patreon for just $5, you can unlock the fourth Tuesday and experience our Summer O-Pilots, which is going strong after the introduction of our first pilot, Mm -hmm. which was... What was it shove it in your ear holes? Is that shove what ended Shove it end
1: into up- your ear holes. Yeah. A title that is not great, but a, a show that was very great, in which we uh, we played. Full licensed tracks uh from the game Chrono Trigger. And we can do that because we're in a pay behind a paywall and we found a legal lo- loophole, bitches. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Speaking of legal loopholes, if you upgrade yourself to the $10 Patreon level, you can hang out with us in the DT after show, which Justin will be sticking around for today. Uh, and you can catch that episode on the Patreon feed. If you want more of that check it all out at patreon.com slash debate this cast until next time i'm matt cole i'm todd iceman and beast lived together and they were
0: roommates
1: (laughs) thomas (laughs) (laughs) and i'm andrew insane in the membane henderson
2: (laughs) and i'm kyle footage unavailable because sinestro turned off his body cam harper
4: (laughs) 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 and i'm justin da bears jordan (laughs) (laughs)
3: and we're saying thanks for debating with us and if you think we're wrong you can come fight us behind the swing sets nerds